Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub Podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the YouTube Creators Hub Podcast. I'm so excited that you've decided to join us today, where each and every week I have the awesome opportunity to interview a video creator about their journey, their YouTube channel, what they've learned, and some tips, tricks, and techniques they use to grow and monetize their video content. My name is Dusty. I would like to remind you this show is brought to you by the guys over at TubeBuddy, T-U-B-E-B-U-D-D-Y. It is a browser plugin that allows you to simplify your YouTube work process. If you're looking for a tool to help you automatically upload to other platforms like Facebook, If you're looking for tools that will help you speed up the process of uploading a video, getting it out to all of the social media platforms of your choice, then TubeBuddy is definitely the tool for you. A lot of my guests uh, come on and I don't even talk to them about it beforehand, but they let me know, hey, I heard that you use TubeBuddy and they're a sponsor of the show. I just want to let you know that, that I use TubeBuddy as well. So it's getting around and TubeBuddy is doing some fantastic things. I also host a show called the TubeBuddy Express Show. I'll put the links in the show notes of this specific episode here uh, in which I talk about YouTube news and then also some different things and techniques you can do to utilize TubeBuddy to help you grow your channel. Before I jump into the interview in this week's episode, I want to challenge you guys. Due to certain things happening in my life over the past month and even past couple of weeks made me realize just how short life really is. And with that being said, there's a lot of people who contact me in regards to the show and they're on the fence about creating content, whether it be video content, podcast, or blogs, or whatever it is. And I want to challenge you, if you're out there and you're one of those people and you're sitting on the fence and you're not sure if you want to start something online or you want to start producing content, I really want to encourage you today that life is short. And if you've got a message and you've got something that you want to get out there, I really want to encourage you guys to do that. Put all of the excuses aside and just do it, guys. Seriously, it's time to to stop all of these just random excuses as to why you're not doing it already. Content creation is one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done in business or in my entire life. When, when you create a piece of content, you have something to be proud of. You have something to look back on later and say, man, I did that. I created that. I spent the time and I put my effort, my blood, my sweat, my tears at some point in time into this project. And when you can go back and, and say, I'm proud of that. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, content creation has helped me get out of depression. You know, content creation has helped me better myself and my family just because of, you know, getting the motivation to be doing something. So, I want to challenge you guys right now in this episode number 27. It isn't a special episode or anything like that. I just want you guys to know that if you're out there right now thinking about starting a YouTube channel or thinking about starting a blog or a podcast, do it. Stop thinking and just do. Because when you get to that point, when you start working on something, you realize it's a lot easier to improve on something than it is to begin something. So remember that 
next time you're thinking about starting that content creation process. So guys, I'm not going to ramble on any more in this intro. Uh, we are going to be joined today by Mr. Jordan Keys. He is uh, probably one of the best videographers that I've ever had on the show. Uh, if you go and look at his YouTube channel, his quality of the videos that he produces with audio and video are just phenomenal. Uh, he does tech reviews, unboxings, uh, different things like that. But, but Jordan does such a great job, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear what he has to offer. So without any further ado, let's jump on into the interview. All right, and I am excited today to be joined by Jordan. He is uh, over at the Twill.TV channel and website. He's been creating content on YouTube since 2009. He's a husband, father of two, a programmer, and obviously, as you can tell from all of that, doesn't get much sleep. Jordan, how are you doing today? I am excellent. Thank you for asking. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to chat with you about your YouTube channel. Uh, I discussed with you off air kind of my interesting path to discovering your content and uh, basically a, a product person reached out to me and I wanted to kind of see what the product was. So I searched on YouTube and one of your videos came up and I thought to myself, man, this guy has some really good video quality. I went back to your channel and he's doing a lot of things right. So maybe if you would briefly explain who you are and what your channel is about. Uh, well, like I said, like you said in the intro there, I've been making videos since about 2009. I started out mainly doing software related things, talking about uh, an operating system called Linux and uh, moved from there over time. I just started to get more interested in devices and products. So I started making videos about some of the products that I was purchasing. And through various and sundry means, moved to a different channel, Twill.tv, which is now just my name, Jordan Keys, uh, where I talk about things that I find interesting. This is not something I'm doing as a career. This is something I'm doing just to have fun. So when companies send me products to review, I make videos about them. When uh, they don't, I either buy things of my own or I talk about things that I've got around the house. And uh, over time, like you said, that you, you enjoyed the video quality and making style. I've improved that significantly. I started with just a little, one of the, the flip cameras from back in the day, the 720p handheld cameras, uh, added a, a microphone to that, did a bunch of different cameras over the years, and I've sort of grown my video making style, changing equipment, changing software, changing just the way that I do things to the place that I'm at today. And I'm pretty happy with where we are. So let's talk about Twill.TV and kind of the origination of that. And I know you and I discussed off air. It really is not uh, in relation to the channel, but maybe explain to the audience what, what exactly uh, were you going for when you created the Twill.TV website as well as the, the YouTube channel kind of affiliation. Right. Uh, well, when I first started out, like I said, the, the first channel I was on was, it was actually a channel called This Week in Linux. And when you abbreviate that, it's Twill. And I was able to actually pick up Twill.tv, the domain, uh, super cheap. So I picked it up for several years and just never really did anything with it. Uh, once I, I actually started using Linux, the operating system, in my day job, I stopped being quite so gung-ho about it for video making and started moving toward other things. So that acronym became just, well, kind of the moniker of the channel instead of being an acronym. And over time, over the last year or so, I've actually moved it back in the direction of being a name. So I do a weekly video series where I talk about things that I find in the news, science, tech, uh, VR, drones, anything like that that I think is fun. I call a series called That's What I Like. So T-W-I-L. 
I love it. No, I, it's so interesting to hear kind of people's thought process and, and the origination of their channels and their slogans and logos and things like that. And so speaking of that, Jordan, let's go all the way back to 2009. Uh, you hadn't started making YouTube videos yet. So maybe tell us how you got started with this whole YouTube thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, back in early part of 2009, I, I don't even know how it happened. i had been watching YouTube videos off and on since it was first started. I think in 2007, 2008, I uploaded one of my first videos, uh, just a video of my dog barking and then a, another video of uh, a zombie march in Chicago. They got a several thousand views, which completely blew my mind. So I, it kept in the back of my mind, you know, YouTube is a thing. There are actually people watching. 2009, I started seeing people doing this daily video thing, and I started watching them. I'm like, why am I watching these people's daily lives? Who are these people? Uh, but I got just drawn in more and more. So I tried to find a, a niche, uh, something that I could make videos about that other people weren't doing. At the time, Linux was not really a big hot-button issue, but it was becoming one. And there were a few channels out there that were making videos about Linux, but they were doing like one or two hour long videos at a time. And I thought nobody's ever going to want to watch something that long with me in it. So I'm going to do something that's like five to ten minutes long and see how it goes. So the end of 2009, like I think it was December 24th or something, uh, I ended up making my first video on the channel. I had already gotten a little bit of experience making videos with our local Linux group. I was filming some of the presentations and editing them. So I took the time and just did my own in my basement with that little tiny flip camera that I bought. And from there, it's just sort of grown. It's changed. It's, uh, it's been a snowball. It's, it's not been, you know, massive, huge following or anything, but it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So like many of us, you caught the bug for sure. No, that's that's a lot of uh, people talk to me and you're watching all these YouTube channels. Like, man, I can do that. You know, I've got something I want to say. I've got some content that I want to create. So I like that. Now, I know you mentioned earlier that YouTube is not a job for you. It's a hobby. It's something you do for fun. Uh, you're obviously a programmer. Uh, your day job is obviously separate than your YouTube channel. But let's talk monetization a, a little bit. As far as like, obviously, you're not doing this to feed your family, but... Are there anything that you're doing now with the products and things like that that you're reviewing on your channel? How are you monetizing your content to maybe turn this into a small business in itself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, as far as monetization, there are several different avenues of, of monetizing the content. So one, of course, you've got the, the ads on the videos themselves. I am partnered through a network. I'm, I'm with full screen, the, the multi-channel network. And so they work with YouTube to get advertising for the videos on my channel. Uh, YouTube takes a portion of that advertising revenue, full screen takes a portion, and then I get the, the pennies that are left from it. Uh, but it's it's not a, a terrible amount of money. It's nice. It's a, a little bit to keep me in toys, like I said. Uh, but then on top of that, I anytime I review a product that has, let's say, an Amazon uh, affiliate link, uh, meaning if I have a product, let's say I have a phone that I've purchased or that someone sent to me, if it's available on Amazon, I go to Amazon and I get a link that tells Amazon this person sent however many people to Amazon to make this purchase. And then any person that buys something on Amazon using that link and whatever else they buy, I get credit for and I get a certain percentage from that. Sometimes like 4%, sometimes 7%. It changes depending on how, how many uh, sales you help generate. So you can do that kind of thing with Amazon. You can do it with uh, Best Buy and Walmart and, oh, there's so many different sites. Adorama, B&H, 
um, just any site you work with. If there's a place you can buy something, there's probably an affiliate program to help you generate a little bit of revenue. So all the places that I do reviews for, things that even I've purchased or that other companies have sent me, I try to make sure that there is some sort of an affiliate link to help keep the channel generating a little bit of extra revenue. And let's talk about that for a minute, Jordan. What are some maybe tips and tricks of the trade when it comes to utilizing affiliate links? If there's people out there who are doing product reviews or software reviews, what have you learned to be some of the best practices per se for you know providing your audience with affiliate links to maybe make uh, your selection process successful in the fact of you know converting more people over to purchase the products after they've watched your videos? Well, one of the, the key things I look for when I'm looking at these products to review is, one, is this a product that I would potentially purchase if I were looking at it? Two, is it a price point that I find agreeable? Like, there have been a lot of phones that I've reviewed where I go out to Walmart and I'll pick one up and it's 30 or $40. If I were looking for a phone for my son or, like, if I just needed a spare phone for something like my, my main phone had broken, I would want to pay less than $100 for a phone. So I'll go out and try to find super inexpensive phones that have a decent feature set and then I go to either Walmart or Best Buy or Amazon, get the affiliate link for it and put it in the description. Then when I'm making the video, I will make sure to say, I got this for this price. It may not be that price where you are or when you're watching the video, but make sure to check out the link down in the description so that you can check for the latest pricing. And if you choose to pick one up, I get a little bit of a kickback. So thank you. Right. And then what's the process of like divulging to your audience, the people who are watching the video, what does YouTube and what does the company require you do as far as like letting the people know that, you know, this is an affiliate link, you will get a little kickback from it? I personally have not seen anything that says that you have to specify that it's affiliate links. So I do, I don't think I always mention it, but I probably should. Uh, I, I do mention it from time to time. If you purchase using this link, I get a kickback. The main time I do make sure to mention it and I, I put it in the description, in the video, sometimes even text that pops up in the video is when I'm doing a full-on sponsored post, meaning when a company reaches out to me and says, we want to pay you to talk about our product and we're going to provide you with the product. So they may send me a phone or they may send me, uh, let's say, a Wi-Fi thermostat and say, we will give you X amount of dollars to talk about this thing on your channel. In the video, I make it a point to say, thank you to this company for reaching out and sponsoring this video. They paid me to talk about their product and provided the product for free in exchange for a fair and unbalanced review. Here's my thoughts and opinions on it. But in terms of the, the everyday affiliate stuff, like you mentioned there, probably ought to be at least mentioning in the, the video description, yes, this is an affiliate link. If you purchase with this, you will be helping to support the channel, and, and I will be getting a monetary incentive. Right. And I don't think there is anything as far as written law, as far as what you have to do when it comes to affiliate links. I know some companies require it, some don't. But I know me personally, a lot of times, I'm sure I've forgotten in videos past, but recently I've tried to put somewhere in the description that, hey, you know, if you purchase using this Amazon link, you know, somewhere in the fine print, you know, it will help me and help support the channel. And something that I noticed that you did in some of your recent videos that I had been watching in preparation for this this episode here is that, you know, when you're doing a sponsored video, you the verbiage that you use is very creative. You don't just flat out say, you know, this company paid me to do this. You use the terminology along the lines of, you know, I'm working together with, you know, company A uh, with product B. You know, you, you say it in a very creative way that doesn't sound like, you know, you're just doing it to, to get the money. Because a lot of times when you're watching videos or something like that, you're like, man, this person's not using this product. Uh, but uh, like Jordan says, I think it's important that if you do a review on your channel, whether it 
it be software, hardware, uh, products, whatever it may be, you know, make it something that's relevant to your channel. Don't just, if you're doing a cooking channel, there's no need you reviewing a camera on, on your cooking channel. Make sure it's relevant to your audience, to the audience that you've built up. And if you are doing a sponsored video, try to form some type of creative language around that to let them know that, hey, you know, I am getting support from this company to do this video, but the product that I'm reviewing today is something that I'm interested in and I found it very valuable and I think you will too. So I think there's a lot to be said about divulging all of that information, but also doing it in a way that lets your audience know that, hey, I'm also using this product, not just because I'm getting paid. So with that being said, Jordan, what is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started out on YouTube? Uh, well, the this is actually one of the first things that I tell people whenever they start asking me about starting a channel. Your first videos are going to suck. They're going to be terrible. You can have the best equipment. You can have the best editing software. There's a very good chance that your first videos are just going to be poor. Uh, when I look back on my first videos, I, I cringe. And I actually think I did a video a while back of you know me looking back after 100 videos or something at my first one. And just seeing the difference, the progression in that short amount of time, it, w it was a massive difference. So the first videos are going to be really rough. There's not going to be millions of people watching from day one unless you somehow have some sort of a viral hit sensation. If you're looking to create a long-term monetizable channel, you don't necessarily even want viral content. You want consistent content. You want the, you know, the things that people will know to come back for every week, every day even, depending on what you're making. The first videos are going to be bad, but they will get better the more you practice. There's a, a 10,000 hour rule, I think, where the, after you've done something for 10,000 hours, you might be a master at it. And, and that's going to take a while to build up. The other thing is, don't listen to the comments. <laughs> Read the comments. You know, there's a lot of great people in the comments, but there's also going to be a lot of people that are just terrible. A lot of people that are literally just there to, to spew hate and venom and vitriol, and that's how they, they get their kicks and ignore those people. I actually have got some filters on my channel now so that certain words just get filtered out because I don't want that type of negativity on the channel, uh, but I, I do have to go through and manually prove them when they do that. So I can just, nope, you didn't get to see that. It's gone. So again, it's probably going to suck when you start, and there's going to be some hateful people. Don't think twice about them. Just do your thing. Do it for yourself. Yeah, it seems like a common thread. A lot of the guests that I have on the show say that same thing as far as like you can't really look at those comments because a lot of times those people, that's just how they get enjoyment is by putting other people down. And I guarantee you the people that are making those hateful comments on your content, they're not producing content. They're too lazy or they're not talented enough or they don't care enough, uh, whatever the reason may be. But but the point of the matter is, you know, you're creating the content, they're not. So they may have a lot of criticism and hate to spew towards your videos, but just ignore all of that because there's going to be haters. So you can't sit here and, and consume yourself with that. And as far as like your first videos and, and what they're going to sound and look like. Uh, obviously, if you've been working in video for a long time and you start a YouTube channel, they're going to be better than if you just start a YouTube channel with no experience. But I look back at a lot of my older videos. I don't even sound the same, and I'm not talking about just the quality of my equipment. 
I don't know what it was back then, uh, but I would never speak up. Uh, the, the sentences that I would say in my videos were very unscripted and they would run together and a lot of the content that I created just was flat out boring. But I'm glad that I started there and I'm glad that I could improve myself to, to come to where I am now because hours and hours and years later, I can look back at that and say, okay, I did start there, but look how far I've come. And I think that's the fun part about going back and watching old videos is that you're like, man, I'm so glad that I don't do that anymore. I've learned so much and my videos are of such better quality because of it. So I completely agree with everything that, that Jordan says there. So let's make a transition into video production. As I mentioned at the top of the show, if you go on over to Jordan's channel, I'm going to link it obviously in the show notes of this episode, you're going to see that uh, obviously his recent videos uh, are just very well done. Uh, the video quality, the audio quality. So I can't wait to kind of dive into this next topic, talking about the processes as well as the tools of the trade. So Jordan, are there any tools that you use in your YouTube workflow, whether it be hardware, software, internet resource that you could recommend to our audience that you just could not live without? Actually, yes. Uh, in terms of the software, I've gone through a bunch of different editing software over the years. I started out editing 100% on Linux. As I, I mentioned in the beginning, I was a whole Linux channel. Uh, at this point, I'm editing on a Mac. I was editing on Windows before this, uh, but I'm using just iMovie. iMovie is free. It comes along with the Mac. You pay for the Mac, obviously. Uh, so the editing software, don't get too hung up on it. Don't think you have to pay $1,000 for a piece of software if you're just going to be talking like vlog-style talking. Uh, if you're just going to be doing even what I'm doing with the two-camera style, you don't need, don't need to pay $300 to $1,000 for a piece of software to do that. However, one thing that can make it significantly easier, at least in my opinion, in my experience, is a piece of hardware. Because doing it with a keyboard and mouse, it, it gets the job done, but there's a lot of weird keyboard shortcuts depending on the piece of software you're using. And if you change the piece of software, you'll have to relearn the shortcuts. If you have a piece of hardware, though, uh, I was using a, a USB-connected device called a Shuttle Pro for probably five years there. It just recently died on me, so I've been trying to figure out a better option. Shuttle Pro, it's like a $100 device over on Amazon. I think they even discontinued it, but it's got a jog wheel. It's got a bunch of buttons on it. You can custom map it to whatever piece of software you're using, and there are already maps for the grand majority of pieces of software out there that you can customize to fit the way that you edit. Uh, what I've actually done since that time, since it died on me recently, I've been editing with a PlayStation controller, PlayStation 4 controller. Uh, on the Mac, there's a piece of software called Joystick Mapper, and I can tell it on the PlayStation controller, you know, the, the left analog stick controls the playback, the buttons control the way that I cut things, the, uh, this other button will delete, and so on and so forth. So I, I look like I'm playing video games when I edit video now. So that is extremely interesting. I'll have to admit, I am a keyboard and mouse guy. I couldn't imagine doing it with a controller of sorts. I'm a gamer myself and enjoy video games, but I can see how the controller possibly could help. That's very interesting. I would like to actually, do you have a video on how you do that and how your process with the controller? Uh, actually, the, the controller stuff, I've been talking about a lot over on my second channel, my daily vlogging channel. I've been doing daily vlogs for just over a year now. Uh, it's it's not a big channel. It's I think I've got 6,000 subscribers or something, and the videos only get a couple of hundred views each, but not complaining there. Uh, but I, I've got a couple of videos where I've talked about it. I need to make a video for the main channel just going over how it works, but I'll, I'll send you a link to, to one of those videos. They're like 15-minute long, daily long videos. But. Now, let's talk about your camera and microphone, because when I watch your videos, 
I see that your camera quality is, is extremely high. So what kind of camera and microphone are you using to produce your content as far as like a lot of the times you're doing pan ins and outs with the products and things like that. So what kind of hardware are you using when it comes to recording your videos? Yeah, uh, that, that, as I was mentioning earlier, has changed over time and it continues to change. Currently, I'm doing a two-camera setup. So the camera that sits in front of me uh, is the Panasonic Lumix G7. Uh, I got that. It was actually a kit. I think it was $600. It came with a 14 to 42 millimeter Panasonic lens, just a, a standard kit lens that I've been using off and on. Uh, and it actually also came with a microphone. There's regularly a, a bundle you can get at Adorama, B&H, or Amazon for that camera with a mic, like a $250 microphone. Uh, and the mic is the Audio-Technica AT8024. Uh, I made two videos about those the the camera and the microphone side by side. So if you go far enough back on the channel, you'll you'll see those out there. Uh, as far as the the main camera, the the pan the G7 there, I regularly use a different lens on it though. The Panasonic 20 millimeter 1.7 lens. It means it can be a little bit more zoomed in, uh, and it's got a really shallow depth of field, which makes the the video look a little bit better of me. <laughs> As far as the, the second camera, I'm actually using a camcorder on a, a mic stand overhead. It's the Sony AX33. It's, uh, I, I learned about it at CES a couple of years ago. It's where they first said 4K for 2K. So it's a, or 4K for 1K, excuse me. That was the second year they did it. So it's a, a 4K camera, so it's much higher quality, but it was available for under $1,000. Uh, however, I don't even do 4K video because most people aren't ready to watch 4K yet. So I do everything 1080p at 60 frames a second because I like the way the, the video looks when I do 60 frames a second. It's a little more smooth. Right. And explain the two camera setup, Jordan. Why do you do that? And how does that help you get the shots you need for your product reviews? Yeah, uh, the, the two camera setup. So I've got one camera in front of me facing me so you can see what I'm talking about when I want to you know, address the audience. And then I've got the overhead camera, which I, I can technically move around to other places depending on what it is that I'm filming. Uh, but it just faces straight down at the table that I'm sitting at. And so you can see what's going on with my hands, what I'm talking about the product. I can show different things about it. I can reach up and manually zoom in on the camera to, to focus on different things. I can zoom out to make it wider. Uh, so I can you can easily see what it is that I'm interacting with without having to hold it up in front of the camera. I've got a camera pointing at it. Uh, then what I do is I take the footage from those two cameras, I actually take it into iMovie and sync it all up. And the easiest way I've found to sync all that up, since iMovie doesn't have anything automatic, is just clap a few times at the beginning of the clip. Uh, so I, I take that and then I cut out the parts of the, the overhead camera that I'm not going to use and leave everything else synced up. So when I want to switch to the overhead camera, I've got the two layers of footage, so I'm using the audio from the, the bottom layer. And any other time, it's, it's just the one layer from me talking to the camera. Right. And for those of you who are in the video space, uh, a lot of times that's referred to as B-roll, uh, you know, or extra video that you're using to cut into your main video or film that you're making. So a very interesting and a very common way to do product reviews. And I think that Jordan explained that extremely well. So I'm not even going to, to dive in into that. So if you're wanting to do product reviews uh, and kind of have yourself on camera as well, uh, the two layer system with the two camera system is probably 
probably the easiest route to go. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, you are going to want to have some pretty decent cameras because when you're up that close doing product reviews, the most important thing uh, behind the audio quality, obviously, as you've heard me say in the show before, is the clarity of the product and the ability for your audience and viewer to see what you're actually doing with your hands or what you're actually doing on camera. So it's extremely important that the clarity, the 1080p, 60 frames per second, again, I know that sounds like a lot of technical jargon to a lot of people, but once you do a little research online, uh, it can be very, uh, very easily explained to you as far as what is 1080p and what is 60 frames per second. So I'm not going to get into that now. There are other tech shows out there who, uh, you know, do a way better job than, than myself or Jordan can do on this episode here. So moving away from the hardware and the equipment, can you tell me one piece of advice that you would give to emerging YouTubers or someone wanting to start a YouTube channel? Uh, the, the biggest piece of advice I normally give is what I was talking about earlier. The first videos are going to be bad. Just have to, to work through that initial hump and learn. Uh, but the other thing, the, the question I get, I think most often is how do you start getting these products? And you don't. You first start out, you're probably not going to be getting free things from companies to make videos about. You're going to have to start with what you have around you. So if you've reached, recently purchased a phone, make a video about it. Make a dozen videos about it. Uh, there's actually a couple of guys who watch my, my videos from India who've been looking to get into this, and I've been telling them that you make videos about what you have, make videos about things you're passionate about. So they've started making videos about some of their phones and about some of the uh, microphones they're picking up. Just as they buy equipment, they'll make videos about it. And I think they've had companies start reaching out to them now saying, we've seen your videos, we like the stuff you're doing, would you like to talk about this? So it's, it's all about starting with what you have. Don't go out of pocket for a huge amount of money to start something that is a hobby. Uh, if it becomes a career down the road, that's awesome, but don't expect it to. Don't go into it thinking that it's going to be millions and millions of dollars per year. That's in the top five questions that people ask me all the time is, how do I get products to review on my channel? Or how do I get uh, companies to reach out to me to sponsor a video? Well, to be honest with you, in the beginning, you're not going to have those companies reach out to you. That's just not how it works. If you were a company, why would you reach out to someone who doesn't have an audience or a following? You know, you're going to reach out to someone who they've already got a body of work on their channel. And a lot of times, if you're a product uh, based YouTube channel, you're probably going to just review stuff you have laying around the house and, you know, show off the, the video quality and show off your personality. And a lot of times when it comes to products, what I've learned on YouTube is it's a lot of times the way that the, the ranking goes as far as what companies look for is number one, if you want to know the truth is personality. If the person reviewing the product is dull and boring and they make the product sound just extremely, uh, just not interesting, they're not, it doesn't matter how good your video quality is. So you want to have a good personality, a good on-camera presence, and then below that, you're going to want to have good quality audio and video. And then after that, you know, it's just a, a point of consistency and creating consistent content and building up that audience. So you're not going to get companies to reach out to you automatically. You've got to build up that base of videos beforehand, and then you can go back and reach out to companies, and then they'll start reaching out to you as well. Now, Jordan, in closing of this interview, let's talk about the future for a little bit. What is next for your YouTube channel? Where do you see it going and what are you wanting to do in the near and, and, and far future? As far as what's next, uh, I'm for the, the time being, I'm sort of sticking with where I am and what I'm comfortable doing. Uh, I'm about to hit 60,000 subscribers and that's great. Uh, moving forward, I mean, obviously I'd love to hit 100,000 but it's not even about the numbers. I mean, if, if you hit that, that's great. You know, YouTube recognizes you with a little plaque but just constant consistency. 
you know, putting out regular scheduled videos, uh, maybe increasing what I'm making the videos about. Because a lot of them I'll, I'll make videos about are like headphones and batteries and whatnot. I would like to do more videos about phones and laptops and cameras and tablets and larger items, uh, electric skateboards and, and drones and whatever else comes along. Uh, in terms of other avenues of things, I, I don't necessarily foresee myself moving in other ways, but uh, there's actually a company in the in the nearby area, a company in Louisville called uh, CNET, actually has their um, appliances center there. I would love to get in touch with them. Uh, I've met a couple of people who do their appliance reviews, you know, home automation solutions, smart refrigerators, whatever else. They make those same kind of videos that I make, except they make them about these uh, these larger products working with companies to make the videos. That's something I think would be very interesting to do. I love it. Noah, it's interesting when people talk about the future of their channel and, and some new stuff they've got in the books. And I think you're definitely on the road to 100,000 subscribers. I know it's only a matter of time until you hit that. But like you said, they are just numbers. They're not something that uh, you know you want to hang your hat on. Uh, obviously, it's impressive when someone has millions of subscribers. But again, you know everyone's different. Every channel's different. Build your community the way that you want to. Show people your personality and who you are. So in closing, Jordan, let's talk about YouTube and the future of YouTube uh, and video content in general. Where do you see YouTube going in two, three, five years? The funny thing is, looking back over the last six years or so I've been on YouTube, uh, YouTube has changed so much. And moving forward, I, I would foresee a lot a lot more gaming, a lot more live content. 360 content is, is something that's still kind of new and emerging. And once it becomes a little easier to actually manipulate that 360 content, I would see a lot more of that, a lot more VR-type content coming. Uh, possibly even live VR content. So, you know, being able to put your phone on your face with one of these VR headsets and live stream what somebody else is doing or, or what somebody else is making videos about, uh, going to events. I've gone to a lot of events over the years. Being able to live stream something like that from a 360 camera, here's this, you know, this conference that I'm sitting through. Here's this venue that I'm walking through. Here's these new products you're not going to be able to see for another year or two, but you're being able to see it live in 360 in very high quality video from a device that's you know a couple hundred dollars that this person on the other end of the world is using yeah technology is getting better faster and youtube is uh definitely not going to be left behind i think we're definitely going to see more streaming uh live streaming is going to be huge on youtube i think uh as soon as the mobile app gets updated and you're able to stream like you are on Facebook Live and things like that from your mobile device, we're going to see more of that. So I think obviously the future is bright uh, and the future is going to be different. As Jordan says, YouTube changes uh, something seems like on a monthly basis. So I, I'm definitely excited to be along for the ride. So Jordan, let our audience know where they can get in touch with you on the internet. Uh, the, the easiest way to find me is just to go to twill.tv, T-W-I-L.tv, or go to youtube.com slash Jordan Keys, and it's K-E-Y-E-S, because everybody always spells that wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Guys, go check Jordan out. I would like to, again, tell him how much I appreciate him coming on the show. So much value in this episode. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to it. Go check him out. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. Go on over to twill.tv. And Jordan, hope you have a great day. Thank you very much for having me. Have a great one.